Hey everybody, Pastor Chip. Hope everyone is doing well. So we wrapped up the other day with uh, Abraham, and I think today I'm going to skip on over to the book of Exodus. Uh, Genesis goes on with the children of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and them getting to a place where they eventually settle in Egypt. But um, Egypt is where Exodus starts out. And the, the name Exodus means they're Exodus ex, exiting Egypt. The Israel nation leaves Egypt. So, um, I don't know if you remember or not, but in Genesis 15, verse 13, God tells Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and they will serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. So then we pick up in Exodus. And it names the lineage of, the, of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man in his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Dagad, and Asher. And there was all those were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. For Joseph was in Egypt already. So Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation but verse 7 lets you know what goes on for the great gap that's mentioned or not mentioned but not covered in the Bible it was silent for those 400 years it says in verse 7 but the children of Israel were fruitful and increased and increased abundantly multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. And so they had had favor in the past with Egypt and the, and the kings of Egypt, but a new king came. And this new king, he didn't know about Joseph. It was in the past, and he was indifferent, and wanted to do his own thing, and didn't respect the the set up of the predecessor, which we see a lot of times in government in the world, right? Governments change, and so do ideas and philosophies, and people do what they want to do. So, this new king over Egypt, Pharaoh, he said to his people, Look, the people of, of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. So he was afraid that the growing numbers of the Israel nation would be a threat to his security. The Jews were outgrowing the Egyptian people by leaps and bounds. God was blessing their families as it were 
making Israel grow and multiply during the 400 years. So, verse 11, he says, Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithman and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. <coughs> so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and brick and all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. So they were abusing the children of Israel, making life hard on them, trying to work them to death and slow down their growth. And, you know, actually, that's a counterproductive, counterintuitive. If you are treating the people right and they're growing in the land and they have a vested interest in everything and you know something happens with a foreign enemy usually they will side with the people that treat them the best and now you're cracking the whip over them it's not going to work out too good for the egyptian king so the king of egypt spoke to the hebrew midwives of whom of whom the name of one was Shifra, and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done such done this thing and saved the male children alive and the midwife said to pharaoh because the hebrew women are not like the egyptian women for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them therefore god dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew mighty so it was because the midwives feared god that he provided households for them so Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Well, my commentary says, The Pharaoh is never mentioned in Exodus. And you know, Pharaoh is a mighty man, famous uh, over Egypt. He is never, ever mentioned once by name. But the least of these, the least of people that usually get mentioned at all in families, lineage, Bibles, stories, are the two midwives. They're mentioned. And the commentary says it's probably because the women feared God, put God first, and God blessed them with their name being recorded in the Bible. But it, it also says that, um, it says in verse 20, he dealt with the, with the midwives and the people multiplied, and the people multiplied, uh, and, and that in verse 21, because the midwives feared God that he prov provided households for them. That's saying that 
usually midwives, or what the commentary says, is usually midwives were barren women that would deliver the children. But since these barren women feared God and honored Him and respected Him, God blessed them with families. They had their own children. And the Israel nation continued to grow rapidly. The pace overtook the Egyptian people. Even under the severe work and conditions that they lived in, they multiplied at a far faster rate than the Egyptian people. And to give you an example, they say that when the Egyptian people fled, I mean the Israel people fled Egypt, they numbered in the millions. So if they were in the millions, the Egyptians were less than that. But the key point I wanted to get to about all this, if you don't see a parallel in what's happening then and what's happening now, you're missing it. You see, Pharaoh encouraged and practiced infanticide, the death of of the male children. He was willing to have it done, but he had it done at the hands of somebody else. He didn't physically do it himself. He asked the midwives to do it. And today, we're no different. We have infanticide being practiced in our country and in our world at the hands of doctors who you could say are midwives now, but they're doing it through abortion. The children are growing exponentially at the blessing of God, and evil is in our society seeking to destroy the youth of the world and our future for tomorrow. I guess the question should be these people that do this that perform these procedures what kind of people are they? I mean I just don't understand. What kind of a person can take a baby at two months or three months or or even later and reach up into the womb and crush the life out of it? And dismember a living being and suck it out with a vacuum. How can you justify your actions 
for killing a person. And it goes back to what my commentary said. Was the reason that the women are mentioned in the Bible and Pharaoh goes down in history as nameless. The women feared God. They protected the unborn children. And the Pharaoh was godless. So in my opinion, if you perform an abortion for any reason other than to save the life of the mother or medical necessity, if you perform an abortion as elective birth control, You don't even have a soul, in my opinion. You don't even know God. And you're an... You are... You're no different than Joseph Mengele in the concentration camps who justified his experimentation on human beings as science. I I just you're an animal. In my opinion, you're an animal. If you can look in that womb and see a baby crush its head with a pair of forceps and dismember it and pull it out, you have a dark dark soul I don't know but we will see as I go through a little bit of Exodus and talk about Moses what God can do with a child. What he can do. With our future. And what purpose he has for us. Before we even know it. God. Has known us in our mother's womb. And knows what we will do. In our future. And because those who love God and honor Him and obey Him, God will also honor us. So, what you think about that? The next time you're doing something and you're unsure, if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing or anything and you think about honoring God and just sit back you honor him and you just sit back and wait because he's going to honor you and it may be some way that catches you totally off guard you never expect it but he's going to do it 
And this is Pastor Chip. I thank you for tuning in and listening to me. And I hope you all have a blessed day. And uh, it's getting kind of cold up here, so y'all stay warm.